Welcome to the Wise Podcast, hosted by me, Kate Conway, and kindly sponsored by ID Verde. They are the UK and Europe's leading provider of grounds, maintenance services and landscape creation projects. They actively engage with social enterprises to build them into their supply chain. This week, I'm looking forward to chatting to Jane Hamilton from StudySeed. So Jane, we spoke last week um, and I, I kind of thought, I had a look at your website and stuff and I kind of thought, yeah, 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 StudySeed, um, it's tutors that help uh, children and young people with, um, with study skills and with sort of like issues they have at school or whatever. No, it's so much more. And it, like, my brain was buzzing for like days after speaking to you because I was like, what? And they do this and then, right, let, let's start. <laughs> we have a lot to get through. So yep. let's start with the seed of what study seed is okay. and then we'll go out. Okay, well, let's start with the SEED. So SEED there stands for Supporting Education and Encouraging Development. And literally that is what we are all about. So it's more than just helping you with your maths and your English, but it's actually making you understand the importance of learning or the excitement in learning and how that can actually help you lifelong. It's not just that you need to learn for your exam and then forget about it, but that you need to keep learning. And it's something that no matter what age you are, you're always going to be learning something. And that's literally what we want to show, that it's the seed that we plant that in the young people and they understand then where that can go for them in the long term. Okay, so that is uh, the ethos and the kind of yeah. uh, the idea behind it. But then technically and sort of like sort of practically, what what is it? So, I mean, yes, by pure definition, we are a tuition company. Um, we would say more educational support because it's more vague. So we do our one to one lessons in young people's houses. Um, we will provide group classes in our centre. So pre-COVID, we were doing about 35 classes a week. In subjects like? Key stage one up to A-level, uh, numeracy, literacy, reading and comprehension. And then as you get older, it turns into your English and your maths and the three sciences. So in those classes, it's a maximum of five students um, and it's a one hour class. So the aim is that it's big enough that a child can hide if they're a little bit shy or a little bit nervous and they find it too intimidating to be one on one like this. But it's small enough that in a class of five, they still are guaranteed individual attention. So they can't hide so much that they can't not be seen. They can't hide and pretend that they do understand whenever they don't because the tutor can see them and individualise things for so them So they can well. step back but not vanish? Yeah, okay. exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously then because it's a class, it's cheaper for the parents. Um, and that's what everything is really all about for us, making it as accessible for parents. That tuition is not just for the elite and for the rich, but that it's actually something that can help everyone regardless of where you fall socio-economically as such. Okay, so there's the one-on-one -on -one tuition, there's the group classes. Yeah. And then we do work in schools as well. So we would work a lot individualised with kids maybe that are dyslexic. We would provide an individual programme for them. So provide them with math support, English support, whatever it is that they need that day. Maybe they have a geography test coming up. But the difficulty for them is that the, the geography test involves maybe spelling the names of all the rivers. So actually that's a real difficulty for them because their English is so hard and they yeah. struggle so much there. So it's actually we end up helping them in all their subjects, but mm -hmm. at the core, it always comes back to their maths and their English. Um, and then in schools, we would do things like time management workshops. So teaching kids how to manage their time. Uh, we would do exam preparation. So things like what type of learner are you? How do you revise? Um, we try and keep it really practical. So we would always make revision timetables with the kids. So coming up to exams, their parents or guardians or Teachers are always telling them, right, your exams are in four weeks. So that means you can't go to football for the next four weeks. 
But actually, that's the worst thing you can do to a young person when they're stressed. The most important thing is that they still have their downtime. They still get to go to their sport. They still get to sit and play their Xbox, if that's what it is that relaxes them. So we show them how they can fit all of that in and then use the time that they have free to still revise. In other words, just be smart with their time rather than waste time. And that way then they don't see revision or learning as a punishment, but actually something that they can do. Get it over with, close the books and then go on and still do what it is they enjoy. Um, and then we would also do workshops on things like mental health. Obviously it's a big jump moving sometimes from GCSE into AS or moving from AS into A-level. Or it's a big, it's difficult for students sometimes to just learn how to revise in the first place. They're told go revise, but they're never told how to. And suddenly then that brings a lot of anxiety and stress. And we try and teach them what those feelings are, how that's okay to feel like that, but what we can do with that to prevent it and to help it rather than just letting it muster and, and expand. And suddenly then it's an explosion happens. And we, we obviously try to prevent that. Um, and then we offer things online as well. So obviously with COVID, all of our tuition moved online. So we offer now classes online, one-to-one -one lessons online, um, and we offer a new program called SAM. So Study Seat Answers Me. And this is a thing we noticed that a lot of kids are really anxious coming on camera online. So whenever they open up Zoom, they quickly turn their camera off and we realize they don't like the other kids seeing them. Or the other side is that we have families who maybe have a limited amount of internet and a camera obviously takes a lot of internet access, so they will only put their, their microphone on. So Study Seat Answers Me is a thing. It, it looks almost like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, and the kids would send a question through. So for example, like, hey, I'm stuck. I don't know how to do um, multiplying fractions. Here's a question I'm stuck on. They send a picture of it, and that pings to all of our tutors here online. And whichever tutor is available at that point then will connect with that student. And they just have a conversation, it's all typing or pictures. Um, and what happens is then once that question is answered, the conversation gets closed, that's it, done. And the, the call disconnects as such, but those chats are all saved. So the student can then log in again at any point and look over that same thing. Uh -huh. Or they can then do a search and say, okay, so I was stuck on multiplying fractions. I understand that, but the next step now is dividing fractions. So they can do a little search and check if somebody else has already asked that question. And if they have, then they can read the chat, the chat between the other tutor and the other student and see if they can understand that. So it becomes like a resource as well exactly. as yeah. every time that information is given, well, probably somebody else is going to need to know this. So, okay. So it works a bit like, um, who was I on live chat? Oh, two, to my phone network. Yes. Um, which I find so much easier than staying on the phone and whatever. So so that way, so it's not necessarily instant that the, the might take the tutor. We always say within a couple of hours. So our, our aim is that as you get older, obviously, you know, we would find GCSE and A-level students, maybe they don't sit down to do homework until maybe nine or 10 o'clock at night. So we always then say that we will have answers before 9 a.m. the next morning. So the aim is, even if they're doing it late at night, we will answer them early morning. So by the time they go into school, they already have the answer from us. So what times are your tutors online? Is it, are they 24 seven? Within really? reason, the aim is if somebody isn't on late at night, then they are on early morning. Yeah. Um, so we don't guarantee a certain time, but we say before the next morning, before school starts the next morning, you will definitely have an answer. 
So that, that's such an amazing service. That, that's again, there's a number of things that you said that had really made me, my brain go, what? Especially what you were saying, if I bring you back to what you were saying about um, studying and exams feeling like a punishment time. I know yeah. definitely my own experience of school was thinking, oh, you know, I won't be able to watch the Waltons this Sunday because I have to study for my A-level chemistry or whatever. And then, you know, just that everything was just pushed out and all your time was that. But what you're saying about relaxing and but time management, um, you know, to teach that at school is, is priceless. But then also um, the study seat answers me is just, to me, it's just like, well, this just makes so much sense that they, because as you say, they... Um, they maybe wouldn't have somebody at home who's able to explain yeah. multiplying fractions or, yep. you know, whatever, so that at least they, they have access to somebody so that they can go into school the next day and be ready to participate in and not fall behind. It's, exactly, yeah. It's um, amazing. So so you have all of those different strands, um, but then obviously the, the social impact side of it is the, 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 um, the profits made from that then go to... So, to provide free? Yeah, free tuition for kids that are otherwise not able to afford it. So the reality is if if you leave school with no GCSEs, you are instantly at a disadvantage. There are so many jobs that you just cannot access. There's so many different parts of further education that are just not available to you. And so you get stuck in that poverty trap because you need a job to get out of it, but you can't get a job because you don't have the qualifications, mm -hmm. but you can't get the qualifications because you don't have the money to pay for them. And it's just, it's this horrible cycle. And the reality is that a lot of kids leave school and don't even understand what the qualifications are that they needed in the first place. A lot of the time the kids are told that there are these letters called GCSE, but they nobody has ever actually sat down and explained to them what that means and mm -hmm. the significance of having a GCSE or what a GCSE even is. So we often find the kids, especially those that are from like the, the more disadvantaged families, we find that they don't know what it is. So they don't understand why there is this pressure on revision or why there is this emphasis on you need to get a GCSE because you need to get, be able to get a job. They don't know what that actually means. So nobody has actually even really sort of sat down and explained, here's the pathway in life. Yeah. Or here's the pathway through education. Yeah. Here's why it's important. Yeah. Again, that was another one of the things that sort of did blow my mind when I did, worked in... Um, Belfast met in the college for four years and even my vast experience of working in education I was still like right so some <laughs> people didn't even yeah do you know what I mean yeah 100% I mean it's okay whenever you're in this and, and heavily involved in it in the background you definitely see how many kids there are that are disadvantaged but talking to people out on the main street in, in the general public they don't believe you that there are 14 year olds out there who don't know the days of the week's or 14-year-olds who don't know what a GCSE is, or 14-year-olds who don't know what it actually means to add or subtract, or, you know, th mm -hmm. those things, we just assume that people know that, but actually the reality is that if you have never had somebody sit down with you at a young age and teach you that, mm -hmm. schools don't either. They just assume that, they assume that you come into school with a certain level of knowledge that your home life has provided you with, and the reality is, unfortunately, that's not always the case here. If you haven't been party to those conversations and even just the word of mouth as much as sort of being sat down and somebody saying, right, okay, after you do this, then you do this. Yeah. You know, but as you say, even just the days of the week and the time and yeah, that a lot, a lot of parents just, you know, for whatever reason aren't. So the, the reality is we have parents that come to us and say, I need you to help my 10 year old child with their English because I can't read. 
and my child doesn't know that I can't read and I'm really embarrassed about this. So I need you to help them so that they don't ask me what to do during the week so that I can fob them off in a really subtle way without having to tell them that they know more than me already. And it takes so much for somebody to have that conversation with you. Yeah, massive. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously the parents are, are often really ashamed and feel really embarrassed by that. And what we would find then is that whenever we tell them that we can help them as well, there's this massive relief. So what happens is we teach the child maybe from 4.30 to 5.30 and then from 8.30 to 9.30, we're actually teaching the parent the exact same work or indeed sometimes our easier work before that because they're not even at the same level as their child in the first place. And that's part of the... Yeah, that's exactly part of what we do, obviously. So yeah. that's, that parent is stuck because they are illiterate. They're really limited in what they can do and they're realising that, yes, it impacted them financially and it impacted them in employment, but suddenly they realise actually it's impacting my relationship with my child as well mm. because one of the vital places where I can bond with my child is supporting them through school, but yet actually I can't do it because I don't know if what they're saying is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet they, I want them to look at me as... A model. Mum knows everything, yeah. dad knows everything yeah. or, or whatever, yeah. Absolutely blows my mind. So you, you gave me an example of um, a man that you helped to change career. Yeah, so I mean, it's what we find is that we would often have the kids from the same families come to us. So for example, the, the man there that you're talking about, it started that we tutored his two sons through their GCSEs and their A-levels. Uh, we also tutored his nephew who was, um, at, he was a child who was a little bit more complicated and didn't have a good relationship with school. So we tried to help him engage a little bit more and understand the importance of learning. Um, and then we helped his daughter, who's just in primary school. Um, and while we were doing all of that, he then was referring things like his nieces and his nephews to us. So it was massive. But then he came to us himself and said, you know, I'm a taxi driver at the moment, but actually I want to get in and I want to drive for the ambulance service. But to do that, I need my GCSEs. So while the, the sons came to us during the day, whenever they had gone to bed at night, he was looking through the notes that we had been given his children. Mm. And he was trying to teach himself and then realised actually the best thing was that he came to us directly. So while we taught his children, we then also taught him. Um, and he passed then, he passed his exams and got into the ambulance service. And he then used that to inspire his kids to show them that actually, yeah, you might be 16 and you're struggling, but I'm whatever, 40 something, 50 something. And I'm also struggling. Look, I've also had to reach out for help. And I've also still had to learn at this age because I wanted to do something different with my life and I wanted to make more of myself. And I think that's brilliant. That's, I love that. The impact is amazing. And there's there's another um, story you told me I'd like you to tell now about um, another student that you worked with of a, a younger guy. Um, yeah, so I mean, we work a lot of, a lot of the time we work with kids in school. Um, and sometimes what you find is, well, unfortunately, a lot of the time what you find is that there are children that have um, special needs to some extent, and it might be mild, so they don't have a classroom assistant or they don't have anybody to help them, even though they struggle. And so what happens is they're usually put into a class that's maybe of a lower ability than what they actually are, simply because there is usually a classroom assistant in that room. And the hope is that they can reach out to that assistant mm -hmm. if they need a little bit of help. In reality, it doesn't work that well because the classroom assistant is assigned to one specific student, so they can't take away from them too much. Yeah. Um, so we would take these kids out and just help them with literally whatever it is that they need help with. Um, and this was a, a kid who 
had been living with his granny um, and he came to us one day and he was learning things in French. He didn't know how to tell the time in English, so he couldn't tell the time in French. And there was nobody in the French class, obviously, that could teach him the time in English first. There was just that assumption that he knew what to do. So he was really struggling. So we, do, we went through things like that with him. And then it came up to Christmas time and we had been doing it in English with him. We'd been teaching him how to write letters. So it came up to Christmas and he came up to us one day just out of out of his normal sessions, just when he knew that we were there. And he asked us, can, can you help me write a letter to my granny who he lived with? And he wanted to write a letter to say, thank you for allowing me to live with you. Thank you for having tea and biscuits there for me every day whenever I come home and being ready to sit down and tell me about your day and listening to my day, even though it's really boring. And thank you for having my bedroom tidied for me, even though I'm messy and don't tidy it for you. And this is like a little, she, she's, she's quite poor health herself. She's maybe in her eighties. I think actually she was like, she was an older grandmother and she was doing this, but he wanted to really use what we had been teaching him to, to give to his granny. And so, yes, he was thanking her, but he was also showing her his improvement in school, the fact that he could now lift a pen and compose something like that, that he could structure that. And it, I mean, it was beautiful. It was really, really emotional for us actually as well, but it really, really. It's that, it's those moments of the, that open a window into the impact that you're having in people's lives. Yeah. I mean, it is more than just giving somebody a grade on a piece of paper at the end, but it's actually giving them that ability to show that actually they can do something. Do you know that little boy would never have thought six months ago that he could sit down and write a letter or that he could even get those feelings in his head on a page? Do you know, even just being able to do that. Or the concept of I'm feeling this and I'm writing it down yeah. so that you will read it. Yeah, but even yeah. just like he now has that, the ability to put that on a page. And you and I know, like we get frustrated. We know how we can deal with that. We can get it out. But it's even teaching him things like that, you know. And then obviously in the classroom, because he's able to do that in the classroom, he's able to control his emotions and he doesn't get so angry and he doesn't get so frustrated. Um, and indeed, he then participates in class a little bit more. Do you know, his attendance came up in school. He actually started submitting homeworks for the first time ever in the three years he was in the school. Um, and then there was one point, probably my favourite part was he was sitting in Ma's class one day and he put up his hand and he asked the teacher, study seat showed me a different way. Can I show the class how I know how to do this some? Mm -hmm. And it was like, the teacher was so shocked. You know, this child usually either isn't there or is there, but is literally sleeping in school because he's spent all night gaming. And suddenly here he is like, hey, can I show you a better way to do it, teacher? Do you know, really like... He wants to kind of show everybody what he has yeah. learned. And, and I like the, the confidence difference in that. You know, for a child who's literally usually wants to be hidden, to actually be like, hey, look at me. Yeah, I can know. do this and I'm going to show you a different... Yeah. I know, it blows my mind. It so, blows my mind. So you... um. It's not all just you. No, you no. have a business partner. Tell us I about Shifra. Yeah. So Shifra and I, um, we met on the first day of nursery. Right. <laughs> um, I literally went up to her and asked her, will you be my friend? Um, uh, little did you know you were also saying business partner? Yes. Yeah. Well, she stuck out her tongue and ran away from me initially. So <laughs> <laughs> um, She did, did the same thing before this interview, I believe, too. She is like, you're doing it. She did, literally, yes. <laughs> she she organised it and signed me up. Yeah. Um, so, yes, Schaefer and I, we went through all of school together. The same primary school class, the same junior high class. Um, we were then in the college together. And it was just at university that we went separate ways for the first time. So Schaefer went to study law and I went to study psychology um, and during that time that's when study seed actually started um, little did we know at that point what it was becoming 
So obviously to go through university, we were both typical students um, and we both tutored a little bit. Um, Schaefer was very talented musically, so she was doing a lot of piano and violin lessons. And I had started just by helping little younger cousins with their maths and their English. And it was literally just really casual by word of mouth. People started to approach us and ask, hey, you wouldn't mind helping my child, they've got an exam, or hey, they're stuck in this topic, you wouldn't mind coming around tonight. And we both did that very, very casually. And it started to grow where it got to a point where maybe somebody would have phoned me and I would have said, look, I can't, that time doesn't suit me, but here's somebody that I would recommend. And I gave them Schaefer's number and vice versa. So we were just sitting one night, just having, uh, literally in McDonald's car park, having a coffee one night. And we were like, let's just put an umbrella name to ourselves. Let's, so there is something there. It's not oh, just, makes a thing. It's not just Jane and Schaefer randomly passing each other's names on, but let's actually make it something. Um, and we did, so we agreed. We, as typical students, invested £50 into the company. Um, mm. And that started us, that got us our, like our legal registration and paid for our um, website registration for a year. Mm -hmm. And Schaefer is very, very creative. So she designed our logo. Um, we come up with the name together and she went off and designed everything. So I'm kind of like the one who dreams and Schaefer's the one who kind of makes those dreams into the, the reality uh -huh. and, and brings everything back down into let's make this something feasible. Um, and that was November. So two months later, we both got an offer for a postgraduate study. Um, so Schaefer then went and she did her master's in law. So she looked then at um, women and children's rights in Northern Ireland. And she then went on to another master's in philosophy and then her PhD, which was in minority rights of people here in Northern Ireland um, in the divided society. And at the same point, then I was doing my PhD in looking at time management in autistic adolescents and young adults. So at that point, we kind of decided, let's just let the company run itself. We'll see what happens. So we didn't do any, any more investment into it. We didn't advertise ever. And what happened was people approached us looking to work for us and people approached us looking us to tutor their children. Mm -hmm. So literally we just did this matching ser service and it was brilliant, it worked. And we obviously got, we, as the middle person, we, we got like a little bit of profit from it. And this just kept growing, it was like a little snowball. And again, a couple of years later, we were having another McDonald's coffee just late at night. And we had both just been talking about, you know, the expected route after doing a PhD is obviously that you go into academia. And we both kind of said, like, I, I don't want that. I don't see that as my life. Um, and because we both had that moment, we were like, well, what can we do? Let's do something. What can we do with Study Seed? And it was at that point that we decided, let's make Study Seed actually have a social focus. Let's take away from that stereotypical, um, you know, tuition's just an easy, do it part time. You do it through a bit of cash in hand. You know, we wanted to take away from all of that. And we wanted to make uh, tuition something that's actually transparent here in Northern Ireland that there is a set structure to it, that it is, people understand what, what's going on, they understand where the money's going to, and that we break that cycle of it only being for the elite and for the parents that can't afford it. And so Study Seed as a Social Enterprise was born. Um, and from that point, obviously, mm -hmm. we finished up our, our postgraduate studies while we were then developing the company at the same time. And this is where we now are. It's unbelievable. And I mean, obviously, you're two incredibly intelligent, very driven women. Um, are you both doctors yet or you're... She is. I am... You're still in the process. Yes. Okay. So, but you're both, as I said, both incredibly intelligent and, and such good hearts as well. You could be doing anything, but you've chosen to do something that has um, has the social impact and, and, and has value. 
Um, yep. And do you know what? Usually, whenever I'm doing this interview, I'll say to people, "What is it that What is it that keeps you going? What, what Why are you doing that?" You've already explained that <laughs> through all the different examples and all the people. And um, I just say hats off to you because it's such a it's such an important thing. Because you know, whenever you give somebody that very basics of um, you know encouragement, not even just so much um, what you've taught them, but the fact that you've taken time to yeah. reach out to them and say, "I've noticed you, and yes, I can help you with this." And that that is is invaluable as well. So, what what kind of people then would you like to? As a result of doing this today, um, obviously, people could approach you if they want tutors. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we have people who who tutor for us come from everywhere. Sometimes they are teachers. Sometimes they're doing their PhD. Um, and they, they, what we find is it's somebody who really knows their topic inside out and really thoroughly. Um, they're they're usually really passionate about it, and so they become a brilliant tutor because they can explain things in such yeah. a deep way. Do you know, the thing is, if, if a child struggles with something, if you just explain the same thing in the same way, the child still isn't going to get it. So what we find is that what you have to do is you have to take that one topic and find maybe three or four different ways to explain it. And yeah. somebody who really thoroughly understands the topic is the only person who can do that. So, do that. so yeah, I mean, reach out to people that are interested in tutoring, who are interested in giving a couple of hours of their week. You know, you don't have to do a full time job with us. We have people that work two, three hours a week and we have other people that have the equivalent of a full time um, day with us. Mm -hmm. so, so tutors, like that, yeah. but also um, people who um, want to, to be tutored to as be well. tutored yeah, or so, the children I mean, to be tutored. The, the parents of kids that are struggling. Um, well, principals, teachers, heads, SENCOs, um, we want them to know that actually we're here to help and support their schools, that we have all these workshops that we can provide them with. We have SAM that can um, be something they can have a license for their school of. And we want the government to know that we're here as well, that we are here because this type of child exists. There's a, such a difference in the kids that leave school. Um, if you have, if you're on free school meals, that's usually how you define whether you, you leave school basically with enough GCSEs to pass or not. So if you're not on free school meals, um, there are over 75% of kids will leave school with their five GCSEs. But if you are on free school meals, it's 40 something percent that leave. Something and that should difference. that 30% that yeah. existence should not exist simply because of the family you've been born into. And we are here to say, actually, we want the government to take note of that. We want them to say that's wrong and we want to fix that here in Northern Ireland. That disparity should not be there. And that's what really motivates us to do as much as we can. So we want people to understand that and understand how we are here to fix that and to decrease that difference because it shouldn't exist in the first place. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes because I kind of feel like um, the small snowball that you talked about a minute ago is an avalanche <laughs> that's rolling down the hill now. And I think this is going to absolutely explode and say, honestly, hats off to to both of you. Um, you. Where, so where can people find you then online? Um, well, we're literally everywhere. So our website is www.studyseat.co.uk. Um, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, um, pretty much. Study seats everywhere. Just yep. scatter those seats everywhere. Well, <laughs> that's the aim, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Jane. Thank you. Thank you. Join me next time when I'll be chatting to Jacinta Linden from Bolster Community. Thanks again to Jane Hamilton from Study Seed. And also to ID Verdi, our sponsor. If you're a social enterprise and you'd like to find out more about opportunities to work with ID Verdi, please contact Amanda at Social Enterprise NI.